Crone's getting a split. Mizzy in front of the 100. Crone goes up the inside and Crone takes the lead in the Kilmore. Crone draws clean out from Mizzy. It's a Queensland victory. Crone beat Mizzy. Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome back to the Mock Sports Presents, the Quaddy Potty for another week. My name is Mitchell Cashmore. That's right, I'm here. I know I wasn't supposed to be here, but I've been subbed in, and Nick's actually the one that's been subbed out this week. I'm joined again by my brother, William Cashmore. How are you, mate? Yeah, going well. Thanks, punters. Um, I'm more prepared this time, so I'm looking to improve on my first effort from a few weeks ago. So um, I'm, I'm here. I'm ready to pick some winners. I've got my notes ready, and I'm uh, keen for you to follow me. I reckon I've got a few winners ready to go. So a few people said they were happy to have you on sometimes. This is probably the definition of that. Thank but you. But some other people said, never again. What do you say to them? Well, that's why I'm more prepared these times, all right? I, I appreciate feedback. I love feedback. I love to improve always. So for those punters out there that wasn't the biggest fans of my work last time, I'm here to redeem myself and hopefully pick you some winners at some odds this weekend. All right, mate. Before we get into that, of course, we need to touch on it's been a big, big week in racing. There was, of course, the Golden Eagle on Saturday. Uh, me and Nick talked a bit about that in the Melbourne Cup rundown. But then we'll go into a bit more detail. You were there, of course. You'll be able to talk about it. And, of course, the Cup itself, which we'll touch on. But we'll get the Golden Eagle out of the way straight off the bat. We've got a question from one of our followers. Of course, we put it up every week. Uh, he knows who he is at the moment. The name is escaping me. But he asked, if Chain of Lightning didn't uh, you know, change its line of running and shift out so abruptly... Do we think Wellwall would have won? Because if you go back and watch that replay, there is a case to be made. Not a massive case, but there is certainly a case to be made. And Jamie Carr, the jockey of Chain of Lightning, has ended up getting suspended from that run as well. So, Will, thoughts on the run of Chain of Lightning and Wellwall and the Golden Eagle? Well, all I'll say is I, I would have wished Jamie Carr could have her time over again and not for such a, a clanger because I was on Wellwall as part of my uh, first four multi. I, um, I was on Gypsy Goddess, who ran home for a, a third from the Queensland horse. It was an unreal run. But I'll be honest with you, Mitchell, I, I wasn't eyes on Wellwall. I was looking at the front with Fangirl's big run home, and I was obviously following my Gypsy Goddess horse. So that's probably more of a question for you, mate. So what did you think? Well, of course, I was on Wellwall, so all eyes right. were on the, uh, the import for me. And I thought, geez, getting a bit far back here. And then all of a sudden, Frankie gets to the top of that straight. They say he's a bit of a butcher, but I think he was going to have a really good run here. He kicked him um, up. And, gee, the import put about one and a half, almost two lengths on the uh, horses behind him before he got sandwiched. Like, he literally kicked him up in a matter of five seconds. He was away. And then, but he ran into that wall that was created by uh, Chain of Lightning being shifted out. And uh, he ended up getting a sandwich between, I think it was Military Expert and I Wish I Win, the eventual uh, winner. So, and Frankie himself said that the stewards uh, got hit by the winner and then race was over. So that was disappointing. But I think Well Wall and I think uh, Chain of, not Chain of Lightning, I was Light Infantry. I think they both have long futures in Australia if they do indeed stick around. Is that so, the plan for them to stick around? Do you know? Uh, I believe that they are. Chris Waller has bought Well Wall to stick around. Um, Light Infantry, I'm sure, Marion Eustace uh, think that it has a bright future ahead of it, so no reason why they'd ship it back to Europe. So, um, But unknown what the plans are when it comes to what sort of races they'll be running in, whether they'll stick to middle distance or they'll go out to the staying races. Because, of course, we know they're young. They are four-year-olds after all. And both of them before coming to Australia were in stayer sort of races before coming back to the middle distance 
for their Australian debut. So not quite sure where they land come autumn time, but they should be running in Australia. Um, but overall, thoughts on the day that was the Golden Eagle, just quickly before we go to Melbourne Cup. Oh, it was a lovely day, mate. Um, I couldn't back a winner to save myself. Oh, I had Jamie Carr last on Cutahale. I don't know how to pronounce that properly, but as a day itself, it was wonderful. Big crowd, sun was out, horses were looking great, and it was a fantastic day. Wish I could back a few more winners, but that's racing, as we say. Sometimes you can't always have a good day. But as, a, um, as an event, fantastic, and I look forward to hopefully going back next year. Yeah, hopefully a bigger crowd as well. Love Rose Hill. Love Rose Hill. I know the ATC was disappointed with the crowd that came out, but they spent a lot of their uh, budget on the uh, the big dance, which was pretty good. I mean, the race, no one, I'm sorry, Pete, but no one really cared about the big dance. Uh, they were there for the Melbourne Cup. As much as he hates to admit the Melbourne Cup is the premier race in the country, uh, I reckon about one out of the 99% uh, of people were there let me say that again. That's a terrible analogy. Uh, one out of a hundred, sorry, not one out of nine. One out of a hundred people that ran with their were there for the big dance compared to the Melbourne Cup. They were there for Melbourne Cup day to get around it, take the day off work, watch the cup on the big screen, and the big dance just happened to also be running on the day, which was, you know, I don't think it brought anyone in, but it didn't uh, scare anyone off either. Like they they were there for the cup, and it was a good atmosphere. The the cup, the race itself. What can you say? It's the Melbourne Cup. It's the uh, true war of attrition when it comes to um, this sort of race. Uh, it was whoever could run out the distance, and Gold Trip was that horse. Absolutely spanked them in the end. To, gave two kilos to the rest of the field. They all fell away. And Michieri gave some uh, Gold Trip punters a bit of a heart a scare, heart palpitation, as is high emotion. But uh, Gold Trip came out in the end, and the best horse won, overcame the handicap. As we know, the handicap makes sure that all horses are on somewhat level playing field, but the best horse won in the end. And, I mean, that's just horse racing. Peach of a ride from Mark Zara. Uh, all credit goes to Marin Eustace. They won their first Melbourne Cup. Probably a lot more to come the way that they're going. What were your thoughts on the race? Oh, I really enjoyed it, mate. Uh, I was really excited to go to sleep Monday night, ready for the cup the next day. Probably my first year as a real horse racing fan that I'd been able to analyse the field and think I had some good picks ready to go. I, I was all over Luna Flair in the lead-up, which was a real shame when uh, she was scratched. But um, honestly, I'd prefer it not run. If it wasn't fully fit, definitely don't run in such a long and prestigious race. So I was actually on night's order. That led pretty well towards the end. Timmy Clark was bold in his run. Couldn't get it home. I also was on high emotion, um, who ran home for third, the Bendigo Cup winner. Thought I had a great run, and I'm really proud of the horse coming home for third. Watch out for Tio Nugent next year as a jockey. Come fourth last year on a floating artist. Now he's come third on high emotion. Both horses at decent odds. So tell you what, watch out for this young fella in the coming years, all right? 100%. I was going to say, uh, he's certainly building to something, so maybe he'll uh, unleash and win a few group ones next year. Um, when you talk about Luna Flair getting scratched, Interpretation was also a horse that almost got scratched, ended up running, was pulled out of the race, did not finish. Uh, update punters, it, it's okay. It didn't have to be put down. It is completely fit. It's completely healthy. Just did not deal with the run whatsoever. So any concerns out there can be quashed right now. Uh, he'll most likely be back at the races, um, if not this prep, sometime autumn. And talking about not handling the race itself, the internationals, a little bit disappointing, but the, the general excuse that came out was they all wanted uh, good decks. They didn't like the wet, they didn't get through the wet, or they didn't stay. Duville Legend was a combination of didn't stay past the 2,800-metre mark, 
or uh, wanted probably a harder deck. Uh, without a fight, definitely wanted a harder deck. But, gee, Buick not getting cover from there. I'm not going to go into it, but it could have probably been a better ride, but I'm not a jockey, you know. If Knight's Order can get uh, cover from Barrier 24, without a fight, surely could have from uh, a barrier that was about six places in. So we won't go into it. I'm a little disappointed when I was on that horse, but at the end of the day, if it didn't get through the ground, it didn't get through the ground. So these internationals, if they stick around, which I'm not sure all of them are, I'm pretty sure some of them are going back to Europe, but those that do stick around, just remember punters, only back them on a dry deck. We saw there that they didn't get through the wet, so remember that come autumn time. Uh, so, Will, anything else to touch on from the day that was the Melbourne Cup? Um, honestly, not really off the top of my head. I just I really enjoyed the race. The spectacle of it was unbelievable. I felt I mean, the Melbourne Cup is so special because you feel like any horse can really win. Right? They've just got to get the run of the race. They, they stay the distance, and you see, it's great to see some of those long-odds horse come home for... Um, great finishes. You know, we had, I think, Duck and Sweet Jr. finish, I think, at $41 odds, ran home for sixth. So that's just one horse that had a good run. But yeah, I'm really keen for next year. Can't wait for it. And yeah, I'm ready to rip into some of the races this weekend. Any early tips for next year's cup? White Marlin, baby. Get on. The Grey. Uh, has has Grey horses won the Melbourne Cup before? I'm sorry if that sounds silly that I'm asking that, but have they won? I honestly couldn't tell you. I'm sure there's probably been one, but I couldn't tell you. Oh, yeah, you're right. There probably has been one, but mate. It raced in the other stays, race at Flemington on Tuesday and absolutely flushed them. All right? And I think there could be a really exciting horse to watch out for in the autumn and next spring. I mean, my tip isn't set in stone. Francesco Guardi looked insane down Mooney Valley and they were very sore and sorry that they didn't pay up for those final acceptances because I'm sure it could have given the field a mighty run for its money. Uh, Gold Trip will be back. They've already said that it'll be back, but it'll probably be carrying about 60 kilos next year coming off of... Uh, Melbourne Cup win, as we saw with Twilight Payment, weighted Twilight Payment out of the race, probably weights Gold Trip out of the race, the the race, the race next year. But next year's I mean, that's next year's problem. Punters will uh, definitely get into that this time next year. But will before we get into the Rose Hill rundown, of course, I have to remind the punters to give us a five star rating wherever they're listening to Spotify, Apple Podcast, like, share, subscribe, anything you can do to support us. We really appreciate it. We're growing every week. We're getting better, bigger. And just we're bringing all the content to you. Make sure to follow us on TikTok. We're on TikTok now. We're working on getting on YouTube as I'm well. I'm not even on TikTok, so that's exciting. The mocks are taking over punters, so make sure to support us and get on early because it's going to be a long ride to the top for the mocks. And talking about that, one of our biggest supporters, Dabble. Right, we've got to shout out them. We've hit 13,500 followers on Dabble. They're an Aussie bookie that's changing the game of gambling. It's basically a social media app crossed with a bookie. So you can copy other people's bets with a simple press of a button. You look at their bet feed, you press copy bet straight into your slip. You can put on as much as you want. That's the beauty of Dabble Punters. So make sure to go to our show notes or the link in our Instagram bio. Download Dabble, sign up today, and use the code Sports when signing up to let them know that we sent you. All right, Will, Rose Hill, Five Diamonds Day. Uh, this is where the uh, racing in Sydney starts to take a bit of a nosedive um, as the as Peter Volandis looks to extend the uh, Sydney Racing Carnival. We've got This is the last day of the Everest Carnival, uh, and then we head off to Newcastle and Kembla Grange for the end of the Sydney Spring Racing Carnival, even though... We're very much so back to benchmark racing with only a few feature races on the day instead of just 
full listed cards. I love those races, though, giving a bit of highlight to Newcastle and the gong tracks. So I am looking forward to when we get to uh, Kemley Grange in a couple of weeks. Yeah, so am I, but it's Rose Hill for now. The rail's out three metres the whole way. It'll be rock hard dry. Finally, we get a full week of sun in Sydney. So it should be completely bone dry. It'll start on a good four because they'll water it, and then it probably gets down to a good three on the day. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, the fence could be a real hotspot punters. Just make sure to monitor it. I'm expecting fair play as it was last hot weekend. Hotspot hot as in it's a good spot to be in or not the spot you want to be in? Yeah, it? typically when Rose Hill's very dry, they call it Road Hill. Usually it's grab the rail and uh, go all the way with it. But um, it played pretty fair last weekend. I wouldn't be surprised if it's the exact same thing. Just monitor it, punters, because uh, it'll definitely determine who you bet on in the last few races of the day. All right, enough chit-chat. Straight into the tips. Race 1, 1,300 metres. I've been with this horse before, and I'll be with him again. Straight to the point, it's Verbeck. To get a winner in this week's midway, and the, sorry, these days in the midway and the highways, you need to know your horses and how they're going to run. And I think that I know how Verbeck's going to run um, after backing it a few times and watching it go around. It's consistent as they come when it comes to midways. Narrow loss to Adios Steve last time out, and then before that ran behind Kips Bay, which is winning form in its own right. I think he jumps from that first gate, gets cover on the fence, stalks the leaders patiently before running over the top of them in the straight. So $6.50 to win, $2.35 to place on Verbeck. Uh, pretty good each way odds for me to kick off the day at Rose Hill. Will, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's a challenging race to kick things off at Rose Hill, and there's not a whole lot that gets me interested, to be honest. I think you should keep an eye on Tommy Berry's ride, either or, who's a very consistent horse, but I'm going to feel safer going with the informed Dylan Gibbons on Estero. Uh, that's horse number two out of gate six. This young jockey, he's turning heads in Sydney, and he's having a great preparation, I reckon. And this horse is consistent at the 1,300 metres distance. He's won second up before. And for me, the biggest standout factor is form around the other consistent horses in previous runs. He, he ran behind Liberty Sun, who's a good midway horse, and he ran second in April to Norwegian Bliss, who punters will know went seven for seven in the last race at Randwick on Big Dance Melbourne Cup Day on Tuesday. So for me, Estero at slightly under Verbeck at $5.50 for Dylan Gibbons to kick off the day. And just a quick one before we move on, it's good to see uh, Brock Ryan's name back on a Metro card in Sydney. I've seen his name pop up a bit in uh, country cards in recent weeks, but it's good to see this last year's gong winner back in town. So he's on number 10, I see things in the first. So if you're a Brock Ryan fan out there, maybe give him a ride. Uh, race two for Rose for this weekend is our highway race, and I always get excited by the highway races. Love to see the country horses go ham- hammer and tongs, Mitchell. Class three over 400 metres, super open field. And I watched a few of these horses run around last weekend. Um, King's Trust, trained by Highway Specialist Terry Robinson. He should run an honest race. He's a constant face in these sort of races. A veteran with Rachel King up top. She always gets this horse to respond. He's a solid value at double-figure odds, but I cannot leave out Sir Ravenelli for the win. He's the favourite at the moment. Regan Bayless riding. Three wins and seven placings from nine starts. Ran super last week, and it's on the brink of its first win at Rose Hill. It's a short favourite play which is risky in a highway, but this field, it's got limited options, so I think it's worth a fave play this weekend. Yeah, I agree with you, mate. Um, I'm actually going for the Regan Bayless early double as Sir Ravenelli looks primed to win off the week. Back up, last week jumped, got a little too far back in the run. Sprint home was action. Flashed, flashed home for a late third placing. Uh, up in trip now. Only missed the trifecta twice. Drawn perfectly. Surely he gets his highway win here at $3.60. 
So we move on race three, 2,400 metres, King Frankel. I'm straight to the point again, punters. I love King Frankel here. He's one of the better stars coming up through the ranks of Australia, I think, which you would hope so, considering he is Frankel's son. Um, he's always strong through the line, continues to improve with every run down under. So he comes into this. He wins, and with some more in a tank, hopefully to step up to bench, benchmark 88 before putting up, being put away for autumn. Sorry, I keep tripping over my words. It's King Frankel. $3.20 to win in the third at Rose Hill. Yeah, thanks, mate. No, I absolutely think it's a, it's a great chance, King Frankel. But the stays race, there's some solid chances at short odds. But I'm going to look to get the punters a big win at bigger odds in this race. I'd like to have a crack at suppression for Tommy Berry and Chris Waller, who's out of gate seven. Now, this horse currently is at $20 odds. And this combo of Berry, Waller, and suppression's won before, crucially. Suppression really appreciates these extra distances. So I think it should finish out the extra furlong well to complete the 2,500 metres. It's got a first and second to his name at that trip, and he likes to dry as well. And in its most recent Rose Hill race, it ran respectfully against the Victoria Derby winner Manzois and, boom, staying in Port White Marlin, who I've already mentioned. Watch for a strong finish late, and I think it is definitely worth at least an each-way play in my books. I'm really excited to see how it runs. Suppression, that's number eight in race three. What are your thoughts on that one, Mitchell? Fair enough, mate. If the form reads the way it does, I can't ignore that at $20 to win, that's a good roughie. I get excited when I go for the big roughies. I'm hoping it gives the punters a bit of coin out there. Race four is another benchmark 78, but this time it is over 1,800 metres. And my tip is a bit simpler than the last race. I'm going with the favourite Navy Naval Seal out of Gate 8 for Willie Pike and Chris Waller. Two wins and six placings from its seven starts. He just ticks all the boxes for me. And was strong winning his first and only ride at Rose Hill back in June over the same distance. And he also had Pike aboard that day as well. That day he beat other contender in this race, Willingia Rufio. But I'm backing the consistent Naval Seal to get the job done over his rival again. Will, I don't disagree with you. Naval Seal is a worthy favourite having that Mahagoni form. But punters, Walinga Rufio, I reckon he bounces back here. Has the exact same form as Naval Seal, but also has some form behind Manzois and White Marlin, two horses that you just mentioned, yeah, Will. Yeah. So he's come out of that race, and they have absolutely blitzed the competition, those two horses down in Melbourne, of course. So, uh, I mean, Manzois in particular, of course. Will mentioned Derby horse. Uh, so... $4.20 to win, $1.80 to place. Looks fantastic, especially if that $1.80 to place gets to $2 in each way odds. He'll be going each way on Willinga Rufio all day. So hopefully, Bayless just lets fast horses go fast. I'm all over him today for some reason. Oh, no, sorry, no, no. It's Schiller. I've gone two Bayless, two Schillers. So I'm all over the young jockeys, but hopefully... They just let fast horses go fast. So Willinga Rufio for me in the fourth. Now we move into the fifth. 1,200 metres per in away. Kobe Rocks, he's a hot shot, are all to try and vie for the front, whereas Devil's Throat will ease his way over from the ninth barrier. I'm a big Devil's Throat guy. He's a strong horse, especially when he gets onto a dry deck. I think if Clipperton is able to give him the right steer, which I believe he will, uh, he can certainly go on and win this one. He's been unlucky not to have more than three wins in his young career. I believe he finally gets his fourth here. $4.80 to win, $1.95 each way if that place gets to $2. But for now, it is just... Oh, sorry, lost my breath. For now, it is just devil's throat to win. 
Yeah, the devil in your throat just then, mate. You lost your breath. For my tip, race five, it'll be a good race. A lot of contenders make an appealing betting race, I reckon, punters. In saying that, I'm going to stick to the current favorite on sports bet at $4.80, Fox Fighter. Good mate of mine, Will Mitchell, who's an avid listener to this great podcast. His family has a part ownership in this horse. So shout out, Will. Shout out, Mitchell family. I reckon he will, the Fox Fighter will absolutely eat up this dry ground late. He has never missed a place from eight starts on dry with four wins in there as well. In those eight starts on dry, I can see the Fox storming home late out of a good middle gate. Likes Rose Hill as well, and I can see it breaking through for the Mitchell clan. Go well, Tommy Sherry, David Payne, and Fox Fighter. Next up, we have the Saturday's first Sydney. That's the tip-off, mate. We skip race six. Uh, sorry to snatch the mic off you. That is uh, the tip-off. We'll save that. Race six and eight of the tip-off. So we go straight to race seven. Nah, we'll keep it in, mate. We'll keep it rolling. We'll keep it smooth. Race 7, 1,400 metres. Expat should be the one to lead from here. Electric Girl, and she's the gift all on her tail. Uh, Jamay will be the one to try and charge home from the back. But I fear Jamay will get too far back from that wide barrier, being a natural, bark, natural back marker anyways. So, I don't know. The track might play fair, but it'll probably give him a long start. Um going into those final stages, so I'm not sure if you'll be able to charge him down. So I think I'm going to have to take a punt on the international at value. Helped me last week, punters, when I got up Star of India. And I'm going to go with Divine Magic here. $17 to win, $3.80 to place for a horse that comes off a great career in England, loves the wet. It's a 1,400-metre specialist. Usually goes well fresh. I am happily going to take a stab at it and hope Rachel King gets the best out of her. And I hope that it is just able to adjust to Australian conditions. Like I said, it uh, loves the wet, but it also loves the good decks. So, you know, nine starts, one win, four seconds, two third placings. I only missed the trifecta on the dry decks twice, so hopefully it's the exact same thing here. $17 to win, $3.80 to place each way on Divine Magic for me. Yeah, it might be a good wet horse. Maybe, like we said, it's rock dry this weekend in Sydney. So that's why I'm going with the Queenslander. She's a belter for William Pike, the low-weight three-year-old filly. This group, too, should be an intriguing race. And, look, logic will tell us Electric Girl should win, like you said. But, I mean, it's been going really well in other group twos um, at long odds. But way shorter this time at $3, I think, currently, Electric Girl. And that's giving me a bit of bad voodoo when a high-odds horse... Runs well, goes down into the lower odds. I'm going to stay away because it gives me bad voodoo. Not a lot of money to be made. So I'm going to go for She's a Belter. This girl's had a sensational two-year-old campaign in Queensland. It's won Group 1, won Group 2. Loves the dry ground and will aim to fly late from a midfield position. And uh, so I'm back on William Pike again there. I did like Divine Magic. That's definitely a roughie for me that I will have a good look at. It's super honest, loves dry. We'll find the class testing though. But it wouldn't shock me. All right, mate, we'll go straight to race nine, of course, eight being in the tip-off. Uh, hypothetical will be the leader here with a winning verse, also matching it going around the bend, I think. Coco Rocks will be just off their tails. Uh, I Am Me probably runs from the back with Undeniable and Grace Bay. Uh, but I'm all over winning verse here. I was on it last week as well. It's another Schiller horse. I'm all over Schiller and Bayless today. Hopefully they do me well. Not often that I'm on them, but I'm all over them today. I just think that they've gotten some really, really good rides here. Uh, winning verse, really good last week without winning. Uh, only 1.9 legs off the finish with Clarkie on board. Um, just faded in the end uh, with Miles Mission coming over the top of it. Classy JB as well. Those are two good horses in their own right. I think the uh, form reads really good. Only missed the trifecta once on a good track. 
So I think it's one of those horses that I reckon could jump, grab that rail, and go all the way with it. Schiller gets some weight off the back here. It's also dropping back to uh, Mare's grade. Of course, that was an open race that it went up against the um, last week. So at $4.60 to win, I'm all over winning verse here in the ninth. Will? Yeah, race nine. It's a tough race with a few contenders. Probably my toughest race to pick a winner out of a race this weekend. Devil's Triangle should run a good race with a booming finish out of gate five for Huey Bowman at decent odds. But I'm struggling to come off Tommy Berry. You'll see later in the tip-off, mate. I'm all over Berry today. You're over Schiller and Bayless. I'm over Berry. He's got some super rides today, and I'm picking him to get another winner on I Am Me in this race. Running from gate three, race is really well fresh from the leading Ma used to stable. I think you've just got to respect this girl, mate. She knows how to run her, time her run real well on the straight. Enjoys 1,100 metres with two wins from three at that distance. And in the race, she actually missed out. 1100. She ran a close fourth in a listed race at Scone to the classy Zapateo. So she's sitting at the favourite currently. I think that makes sense to me, mate. Uh, we'll go into race 10 as we finish off the day with another benchmark 78 over 1400 metres. And at this point, punters, I hope you're not searching for the first winning of the day like I was in the Golden Eagle last week. Tough race to finish with little to like if I scroll down the field, to be honest. It's a tough one, but I'll look for a touch of value with number 10, Spangler, who sits around the $7.50 mark at the moment. He gets Gillen, Gillen Gibbons, no, Dylan Gibbons, two kilo claimer aboard, and he runs nicely fresh. Is two for two at 1,400 metres, and has had success with Dylan before. Um, the big worry is that she's yet to run on dry ground. So who knows, maybe on this day we'll see it show some potential on the good turf. It will sit off the pace early and look for him to get cracking late. So I'm going to go Spangler. What do you think, mate? Oh, yeah, the get-out stakes, it's as open as ever as it usually is. Uh, I'm just going to go Arnaquir. Beat Conqueror uh, last start uh, and did it quite nicely, considering Conqueror has gone on to have some strong runs subsequently. It uh, reads well to me, especially at $9.50 to win and $3.30 to play. So nice and simple. It's going to be Arnaquir for me in the last. And uh, that concludes the Rose Hill Rundown. As we go into the tip-off, we'll focus on the Rose Hill races first as we've got plenty to talk about at Flemington with all of those champions races, some of the best races of the year going down this weekend at Flemington. Uh, race six at Rose Hill, the Golden Gift. Uh, punters, if they win, they're in the Golden Slipper. This is how this race works. That's why it's called the Golden Gift. So these are all the two-year-olds. They're either unraced or they've only had about one start before that. Uh, looking down the field, you've got Bar- uh, Barber, who comes off a win. Coincide, comes off a second placing. Disneck, unraced. Flying Trapeze, fifth to uh, Empire of Japan, back in the uh, Breeders' Plate. Uh, get Along, coming eighth last start. Kintyre, ninth last start. Mexico, second. Misty Legend, unraced. Razor's coming off a seventh place. Speeds coming off a sixth. Infatuation, coming off a fifth. Line of Law, uh is your best of the rest, really, uh, being unraced. And then Summer Lovin' is the favourite, though, $4.60. Regan Bayless on board. Uh, Waterhouse bot trained unraced. Gee, really stacking up to have a good run there as a Waterhouse and bot unraced two-year-old filly. They love them, especially considering they've bought it out of a uh, 2016 Golden Gift winner, of course, the uh, daughter of um, Exceed and Excel. So... I don't know. This one stacks up. It's uh, it's a two-year-old race. They're, they're always dartboard races early on in their career. Anything can really get up. But, you know, of course, the likes of Barber have to be looking good considering it's coming off a win already. But it's absolutely cast out in the 16th barrier there. So I'm not sure, mate. I'm not sure. Uh, let me get your thoughts first. Yeah, so this feature, 
I have a shocking record with two-year-olds, I've got to admit, so I am by no means the right person to follow here, punters, if you can only follow one tipster. So without a ton of confidence, I'm going to select number two, Coincide. It's a Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott horse. These two, very well-renowned for their ability to get the best out of these young horses, and it's got top jo- top jockey, Tommy Berry, a top. As I said earlier, I'm following Berry a lot today, and I'm willing to pick it to reverse its debut result of second and get into the winner's circle here. Should lead, and will need to be run down, and let's hope he can stick it out here. It's honestly weird that I'm, I don't think I've gone Berry once today, and I'm usually all over Berry when J-Mac is in town, but hopefully it doesn't bite me in the bum. Uh, I've gone long odds here. It's two-year-old race. They're always dartboard races, so why not go for a bit of a roughie? I'm on Mexico punters. Uh, Karen McAvoy on board. Michael Friedman trained. I have no idea why this horse is at $21. Um, came second in its debut in Mooney Valley uh, behind Arkansas Kid. Fought it to the line with J-Mac on board. Didn't get the chockies, but was pretty impressive in my mind. Started $4 there, so I don't know why the market's been so harsh to push it out to $21 odds now. Of course, that was on a uh, heavy deck. Maybe this turns out to be a uh, wet deck lover and it doesn't like the dry, but that's what you've got to learn with these early runs with the two-year-olds. You never know until they get a few runs under their belt what sort of decks they like. But the form I'm looking at is the form behind Osmosis in the trial. I was there in person to watch Mexico trial against Osmosis and long-time listeners of this podcast will know that Osmosis is my top tip for two-year-olds going into autumn. I'm very excited to see Osmosis run. Hopefully it doesn't end up falling flat on its face because I've hyped it up so much. But, I mean, that's just how two-year-olds go sometimes. So Mexico was very impressive behind Osmosis that day and then again followed it up with a pretty good run first up in its career. So I think even getting the place here at $5.50 would be great value. So if uh, Mexico gets up here, $21 to win, $5.50 to place each way, certainly would get me a lot of much-needed points in the tip-off because I'm going absolutely terribly in the tip-off. So hopefully I can gain a few points here. Uh Will, we move into the five diamonds, and this is a race that really hasn't gone to plan for Peter Volandis, I don't think, because it's a $2 million race for five-year-olds strictly. This is basically the Golden Eagle for five-year-olds. So he was probably hoping that all the Golden Eagle horses last year would come back, but they haven't. A um, few of them have. A few of them definitely have. Of course, Ellsberg came, comes out of it. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure he was expecting the likes of I'm Thunderstruck and Private Eye to be here, but they're chasing... Uh, bigger glory down in Melbourne, and for bit, bigger prize money. Bit ambitious from uh, which, TVJ. Which is usually not the case when it comes to Victoria versus New South Wales, but Victoria actually has more prize money on offer uh, this weekend. So it hasn't really worked out for Peter Volandis. This field is probably not what he had in mind when he thought up this race in his head. But going through the field, Ellsberg's your firm favourite, $2.50. Law of Indices comes out of that Cox Plate uh, run, and... Um, the run behind that, of course, in the two-rack, so some group one form there. Rustic Steel backing up after the win in the big dance. Ayrton comes here after a fourth in the um, Five Diamonds prelude. Milford, a bit of a roughie there. New Mandate is first up for Waller. It's an international import. Uncle Bryn first up um, coming here off the Sale Cup win. Long Villiers, the same as New Mandate, first up for Waller in the country. Dye Mill, Sibak, they also... Um, Back up after runs last week. Same as Ita, our good friend Ita, rounding out the field at $46 to win, $8.50 to place. Brock Ryan on board in the first barrier. 
Gee, I would love to see Ida get a good run. And I'll say before I get into my main tip, I think you'd have her in your first fours. She's consistent as ever. She always runs her to her best. Of course, she's a bit outclassed here, which is why she's at the price she's at. But considering it could be a grab-the-rail-and-go sort of day, the first barrier reads excellently. Uh, stepping up to AS100 for the first time, but she seems to be a horse that wants a bit more ground now uh, this time in her career. So I think at $8.50 to win, I'd have it a place, place only, and I'd have her in your first fours. But uh, Will, who's your tip? Well, I mean, it might not be the field that Vlandy's wanted, but if Ida's considered your low weight, probably your weakest horse in the field, not too bad. Ida's a very honest sort. So I'm going to look forward to seeing it run well. But my tip, it's, it's a tough one because we've got a bit of a bizarre field, as you said, some strong Victorian horses, some fresh imports, horses straight out of Tuesday's Big Dance, and our Epsom Group 1 winner. And that is where I'm going to stay because I think Ellsberg is going to get up. It hasn't run at the distance before. It has not run all the way out to 1,800 before, but I'm not prepared to jump off Ellsberg, a fa- one of my favorite horses. It's a $2.50. It's got the big dog, Tommy Berry, on board again for Ryan and Sterling Alexiou, and I just think it's too smart. I think Berry's going to run a good race from a handy inside gate, and I think he's going to extend Ellsberg's winning streak to three. I mean, who beats it? That's what I'm thinking. Who beats it? That's the thing. I still haven't made my mind up with this race. It's one of those races that it's just so tricky because the obvious is Ellsberg, but it hasn't run past 1,600 metres. But everyone thought that it couldn't even run 1,600 metres, and it came out and won Epsom. Then there's Law of Indices, which would be the next obvious choice, considering that it was uh, a narrow second to I Wish I Win, who came out and won the Golden Eagle last week. And then to the next start, it was only finishing 2.7 lengths off Animo in the Cox Plate. But... Those were both on wet decks, and it can't stand good tracks. It's going to be rock hard um, here, and it's O-O-O from seven starts on the good. So who do you go? There's Ayrton, who is probably underrated by the um, by the uh, sorry underrated by the market, considering it's only run on the 1800, uh, ran absolutely terribly, but that was on a real bog of a track, and we know that it loves the good decks, Ayrton. So potentially one that could get up at odds. Then there's, of course, the internationals, New Mandate and Long Villiers, two that just keep calling my name. I don't know. Especially uh, Long Villiers. Has beaten home Bois de Jeant, uh, who, of course, came third very impressively in its uh, Australian debut last weekend, Golden Eagle Day. Uh, but, geez, I'm not sure. You look at the form. It's two starts, uh, one win and one third at the distance of 1,800 metres. Has only two starts on a good deck, coming second once and unplacing the other time. It does look like it's a horse that loves the soft because it's coming off a last place was six lengths off the win last time it was on a good deck, and that was over the mile. But, geez, you know what? If Long Villas gets up, I'm going to curse myself for missing the chance of tipping a $26 roughie. But I can't jump off Ellsberg. I'm going to do it. Ellsberg might come out and fade very hard at the 1,600-metre mark because it's never run that extra 200 metres. But, again, it's one of 
Nick and I's favourite horses. The last time I jumped off it, it won a uh, Epsom. So I can't risk jumping off it this time. Hopefully Ellsberg does me proud and gets up and puts panels on them. But you know what? I'm going to have a play at the Ellsberg and Long Villas Quinella just in case my instincts were correct there. I don't like second-guessing myself, but I want to cover my ass in case it comes back to bite me. Uh, Will, we move on to Flemington. I know we're running a bit long punters, so we'll try and keep it brief, but... So much to say about these races. I know you really want to get into the sprint, so I'll let you just have free reign here, and then I'll give my thoughts at the end. But I'll just go through the field, or do you want to go through the field here? Okay, you got Nature Strip. He's looking to bounce back. Mask Crusader, Inferno, Rothfire, Paul Lelly, Front Page, Astrologist, Baller, Bella Nipatina, September Run, Rockin' Horse, Levante coming over from New Zealand. A bit of a wild card there. Um, then you've got Argentia, Lofty Strike, and Giggy Kick. The rematch. Giggy Kick versus Nature Strip. Will, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I've got less to say about the Champions Mile and Champions Stake. This race is the one I'm looking forward to. You know, I, I think this will be close to the race of the spring. You look at that field, so many great narratives, so many great stories that could play out. Obviously, you've got the Strip versus Giggy Kick uh, rematch, which will be the headline act. And look, Mitch, I know you'll go with the Strip because you love it, and he absolutely deserves to be the favourite, obviously. And Look, he probably wins, all right? However, I'm, I'm going to go against Gear Kick. So that's my first big call of the day. I'm going to go against Gear Kick. The Everest champ runs well on the straight. We know that. But he hasn't faced these older Group 1 and 2-level horses on the straight before. So I'm willing to put his undefeated streak on the line and look outside the box. You just mentioned a big wild card in the field, and that's the Kiwi Mayor Levante. Has Melbourne Jockey of the Spring, in my opinion, Mickey D on board? He won the Vic Derby and the Caulfield Cup, Mickey D on outside chances. And we know, so we know he's well educated in causing uh, Group 1 boilovers. Levante is a dual Group 1 winner, one of them over 1,200 metres, and she ran fourth in March's New Market at Flemington and is 10 wins from 16 starts. At $31, I think she is overs. But my tip is going to be the New Market winner, Rockin' Horse. She always flies under the radar and caused an incredible upset in March in that new market. Has a great record over the straight trip. I respect Jamie Mott highly as a rider. And last start, she finished second to Private Eye, who currently arguably is the best sprinter in Australia. So why can't she win again at another big race at big odds? I'll also be having a bonus on my favourite consistent straight runner, the Astrologist, at 91 to 1 odds. I'll be screaming for the hills if that wins. So look, Nature Trip probably wins. But all I'm saying is, value is out there, punters, so look for it. Rockin' Horse is my girl in this race. That's Jamie Mott. It is, mate. You were calling him a girl, I that whole I, preview. I, no, I don't think I was. You were saying, I, she's a great jockey. I think I did. I said the word Jamie Mott like once in the whole thing, and I think you'll find I referred to her as a... I don't know, maybe, maybe I misheard there, but... I'm, I knew he was a boy. Don't worry. Okay, okay, okay. Uh... Yeah, it's cut to the chase. The Strip. The Strip is back in a big way. Uh, the only thing that put him down in the Everest was his barrier. Uh, kick, don't talk to me about that horse. I have enough bad memories from the fact that it can't, got up in the Everest. But, um, yeah, the Strip versus Giga Kick. The Strip bounces back. The Strip strikes back. It's like the Star Wars movie. Major Strip is a different beast down the straight. It gets up, punters. If you get $2 odds, get on. Uh, but to be fair, Giga Kick wins here. I reckon we can say it's up there with some of the best sprinters in the world. If it beats the world's best sprinter, two straights start uh, down the straight and around a corner. But I don't think that happens here. Nature Strip all the way, baby. Let's bounce back with the strip. All right. Race seven at the Flemington. 
1,600 metres, the champion's mile. Your favourite's Private Eye here, which I expected he'd be going to the sprint. I would have loved to see Nature Strip versus uh, Private Eye down the straight the way Private Eye is going. He's absolutely airborne punters. Uh, he backed that up with a massive win in the Nature Strip stakes at uh, Rose Hill, timed it to perfection. Uh, Abdullah goes to Firmington specifically for this horse. I think it's going to be a good race here. I think Private Eye, Cascadian, my Oberon, you're going to see those three horses flying down the last 300 metres, nose for nose, and it'll be a war of attrition to see who can get their horse up. Uh, I'll be straight to the point. I think it's Cascadian. I think Private Eye, very, very good. It's airborne, but so is Cascadian. Cascadian just loves, loves, loves um, the uh, Melbourne conditions. Uh, absolutely goes great guns, especially when it gets put the pressure on. You know, it's won multiple group races, absolutely flew on Everest Day when um, J-Mac got it up. Now drops back 200 metres. I don't think that'll be much of a... Uh, don't think that'll be much of a uh, downer, much of an issue. I think, you know, it always loves dropping back in trip as well. It's won many times dropping back in trip. Uh, just this prep. You know, 1,600, went no good, went up to 2,000 metres, won. Dropped back to 1,800, won again. I think it drops back here and wins yet again. J-Mac, I think he's going to uh, have a cheeky queen's, queen, clean sweep of the group ones. I reckon J-Mac wins the champion sprint on Nature Strip, the champion's mile on Cascadian, and the champion's stakes on Animo. I don't know what odds you get for a multi, but get on punters. Yeah, that'd actually be quite interesting. I, I didn't even think about the sort of I'd just get for a J-Mac Group 1 trifecta. Um, yeah, this should be a fantastic race of the mile. Some top contenders who bring some keen form lines into the mix. Um, I'd love to see Tuvalu win the race, but I think it's too big a step up for Tuvalu here. I can't see it beating some of the big dogs carrying 59 kilos. So my pick is going to be Alligator Blood. I'm really with this horse because it has been running against the likes of Animo and Thunderstruck this spring. But in this race, he doesn't face his rivals, and he gets his chance to win his second group one at Flemington, a track he absolutely froths. So I think Timmy Clark will look to get at the front, as per usual, and break their hearts as much the same he tried on Knight's Order in the Cup. So uh, let's see if they can catch him in the nitty-gritty. He's got unfinished business this spring, Alligator Blood. I think trainer Gay Waterhouse will be licking her lips with her superstar at seven bucks as we speak. And then we finish with the champion stakes. Go through it, Mitch. Yeah, Should, shouldn't take long, this one. Yeah, we've got I'm Thunderstruck, Zaki, Mawanga, Maximal, He's a Shocker, Banker's Choice. Of course, Animo's your favourite. Hinged Mustang Valley, Elliptical, Mr. Maestro. It's almost like the uh, the three-year-old stayers crossover with the Cox Plate runners here. So it's basically your derby smack bang with the Cox Plate. It's an interesting race here. Uh, I think this one's pretty cut and dry. Um Gee, I'd love to see Hinge get up. Hinge getting up would be massive at those odds. So I reckon cheeky trifecta here with Hinged Animo and uh, I'm Thunderstruck could go nicely. But I think they've done it the last two starts. They're going to do it again. I'm Thunderstruck and Animo to run the Quinella. Animo to get his head on the bob. J-Mac, like I said, wins all three Group 1s on Saturday. That's what I reckon. You're going to get $18 for that multi, like I said earlier. But here's an even better multi. $3.70 for Nature Strip to win into Animo to win. I think it's better than bank interest. I reckon get on. I reckon that is the multi of the spring. J-Mac on Nature Strip into J-Mac on Animo. Just wins, punters. That's all i got to say. Yeah, look, I've had a lot to say in my uh, bounce-back podcast today, but I'm not going to say very much here. Animo will win this race without a shadow of a doubt. 
What an unbelievable horse it is. Horse of the year, in my opinion. And I think it'll do it again to win an eighth group one, riding off into the spring sunset after an illustrious season. I don't know why you are here listening to this podcast. If you do not know who Animo is, it will win. Back it as hard as you want. Don't go too silly, but Animo absolutely will win. Yeah, it's just about all I can say. You know, I hate to go um, three J-Max in a row, but he's just taking the PI double five lately. He just makes it look easy. He's going to make it look easy on Saturday. I reckon J-Max's going to have an absolute day out to finish the Flemington Carnival, as he did to kick it off. He had four winners on the first day. I reckon he'll have four or more winners as well. Don't know how much that would be paying on your jockey challenges out there, but J-Mac is going to absolutely light up Flemington on Saturday. Make sure to be riding him all day. And that takes us into the around the grounds. And now that I mentioned J-Mac getting up all day, my only around the grounds tip is actually on J-Mac, and that's in the Queen's Cup. Uh, I'm going to go with Sulcombe. Oh, wait, no, it's not J-Mac. I believe J-Mac was potentially to be on it. Couldn't ride the weight. It's Craig Williams, actually. Yeah, uh, sorry, a little slip up there, punters. I think he was supposed to be on it, but he hasn't gotten the ride in the end. Craig Williams is going to be on it. Um, $2.80, Sportsman's best of the day. I don't really love that, but this race is always really good for internationals coming in. Uh, Internationals seem to win it just about every other year. Uh, it's got ripping form, absolutely ripping form. I believe it has some form behind um, the likes of Duvu Legend and El Boltagon. I'm not sure if I'm thinking about a different horse, but either way, I reckon it comes in here and blitzes them. $2.80 on Solcom. It's my only other around the grounds tip. Will, have you found anything? Good luck to you backing that, Mitch. I'm going to go with my absolute favourite staying horse. It was my cup tip. She was heartbreakingly scratched for, for good reason. She wasn't fit, and hopefully she's up to it this weekend. She runs a good race in the Queen's Cup. We're talking about Luna Flair for Graham Begg, and Jordan Charles is riding that. It's a $5.50 right now. I thought it was going to win the Cup, so naturally I think it's going to win here at the 2,600 metres. Loves Flemington. I think it can do a job if, of course, it's fit. If it's not fit, I hope they don't race it. But if it is fit and ready to go, I'm willing to get on it and hopefully give us the run it should have run on Tuesday in the big one. And my other around-the-grounds tip would be to boycott WA Racing Punters. I had a very heartbreaking multi go down on Tuesday on, I think it was Amelia's Jaw, an unbeaten horse in the feature race at uh, Ascot on Tuesday. So that's my other around-the-grounds tip, punters. WA Racing, the multi-last legs, don't even bother. It's not worth it. Don't do it to yourself. Fair enough, mate. And the only thing left to touch on is, of course, the quaddy. We'll go through it. Gee, I think we're in for a... uh quaddyless spring almost we've hit one we seem to keep coming up just short uh just like last year it was weird nick and i we only hit i think two quaddies last spring and we hit them about just every second week in the autumn so i don't know quaddies they're probably the hardest thing to hit in racing but as a podcast with the name the quaddy potty we'd like to be hitting more so hopefully we hit one here race seven at rose hill we've got divine magic electric girl she's a belter and lavish girl in the feature race the five diamonds we've got ellsberg ayrton law of indices and rustic steel the straight bat option we've gone the four horses the market loves we've gone a bit rougher in those last two legs so will tell us who we've got uh, in the last two legs of the Quaddy Potty, we have Race 9, Rose Hill, I Am Me, Devil's Triangle, Winning Verse, and Coco Rocks. And then Race 10, Belarouge, Anacure, Short Shorts, and Spangler. 
And $50 will get you 9.5% as always. And, uh, Will, that brings us to the end of the podcast. Only other thing I can say is wherever you're listening, of course, remember, give us a five-star uh, rating, like, share, subscribe, follow, download, whatever it is on your preferred way of listening. Just show your support in some way. We've got two episodes left this season. Nico is going to be back for them. He's going to be ready and raring for them. Hopefully we can get some video out to you punters. I know the only video we've gotten to you is on TikTok. We're looking at getting into YouTube. We're working hard behind the scenes to make sure we're bringing you the best possible content. But one thing I can say is if it's not here for the last two episodes of the spring, just you wait until autumn because we'll definitely have it up and running by then. Big things going on in the summer upcoming for the mocks. A lot of things, a lot of wheels turning behind the scenes when it comes to the content we're bringing you. We're hopefully lining up some interviews, hopefully lining up more experiences to bring to you guys more punk clubs, more tipping comps, more hopefully giveaways. Everything is going to be bigger and better in 2023 for the mocks. And we're looking forward to spending the next two weeks for you to finish off a big spring carnival. But for now, all I can say is gamble responsibly punters. And, uh, Will, anything to say? You might not be back for a while. Yeah, no, thanks for having me back on today, Mitch. I enjoyed myself. As I said at the start, I was a lot more prepared today. So, uh, punters and listeners out there, if you heard my voice and thought, nah, stuff this, I'm not listening this week, I hope you stuck around till the end, and I'm going to get you a winner or two on the weekend. So, thanks for having me back, Mitch. I had a great time. I had a blast. I look forward to um, joining you again soon, hopefully in the autumn sometime. Maybe, mate. Maybe for Magic Millions, we might get you on a bit of a Magic, Magic Millions, Millions round table. But uh, send us some feedback. Let us know. If you want Will on again, let us know. We're only too happy to have him on. But if you don't want him on, also let us know. We'll make sure to uh, uh, banish him. If you still don't want me on after two cracks, I'm happy to accept the feedback. But uh, that was the Quaddy Potty for this week. We will see you back Hopefully nice and early on Thursday morning like usual. We just had a few interruptions this week, but hopefully we're back bright and early next Thursday morning on the major podcasting platforms for the Quaddy Potty. Bye for now. Cashy and Will Cash. Yeah, Cashy and Cashy. All right. See you, punters. Gamble responsibly this weekend. We'll see you next week. Oh, Crone's getting a split. Mizzy in front of the 100.